This week we begin a new uh, segment in the Torah, the story of the Mishkan. Mishkan. Right, this <coughs> week is Parshas Truma. Two weeks ago we had Matan Torah. Last week we had the Mitzvahs, the Mishpatim. And this week starts the Mishkan. And once the Mishkan hits, it really sort of takes over. Truma, Tetzave, uh, part of Kisisa, Vayakil, Pikude, yeah. is uh, with tremendous detail all of the, um, the Mitzvahs of how to build and what to build. And what's amazing is, Hashem tells it to uh, Moshe Rabbeinu, then Moshe Rabbeinu gives it over to Betzalel, and every, it's repeated again and again. The story mm-hmm. of the Mishkan, by the time you get to Vayakal Pikudei, you almost know it by heart. In fact, Vayakal Pikudei has almost no Rashi, because mm-hmm. Rashi says that I, I already explained it all, and this is just a repetition. And of course, you have to ask, you have to wonder, why is the Torah spend so much time in detail on the Mishkan, and seemingly uh, repetitious detail about the Mishkan? And um, of course, there's a shadow of many answers. One interesting answer is, based on an earlier place in the Torah where we have something very repetitive, and that was in Pasha's Chai right? When Avram sends Eliezer um, with the whole shlichus to find a wife for Yitzchak. So we have the whole story by the well, and then he tells over the whole story. So there already we have what is, what's written, Yafes Sichoson Shal Avdi Oves, right? That Hashem had a tremendous chibat, a chavivos, there's a, a certain belovedness to the story of the Avdi Oves. And so simply, we learn a klal in the Torah, the things that there's a tremendous chavivos, tremendous, how do you say chavivos? A belovedness, a, yeah. a, a love for. So Hashem says it and re-says it, you know, similar to the concepts of something that we love, we don't get tired of. We talk about it, we talk about it again and again. That's famous Maisa, but uh, you know, the Lubavitcher Rebbe in the last uh, number of years, when he was in his 80s, upper 80s, he would stand every Sunday for many hours and give a dollar to tzedakah to any person who came by and give them a bracha and so on and so forth. And this could go for five, six, seven hours on a Sunday morning. Wow. I was there many, many times myself. And there ever was in his upper 80s at the time. So one time there was an elderly person who came by and he asked, he says, how, how do you do this? <laughs> You're older than me. I can't stand for so many hours. And I said very simply, he says, when you're counting diamonds, you don't get tired. Mm-hmm. When you really love something very much, you know, if every yid is, a, is so precious, you don't get tired of eating. But anyways, you have over here in the, in the parsha when it comes to the Mishkan, which is that place where Hashem says, the place that I chose to be with you, to live with you, v'shachanti v'soycham, so Hashem shows his lack of getting tired, of getting tired and to discuss it and give over the mitzvahs and the details again and again. Okay, that's but the no, general hakdam. Is there always going to be a Mishkan even without the ego happening? So that's always an interesting question. I mean, first of all, there's different shittas about that. There's the shittas practically when the tzivui of the Mishkan was given. Um, the eagle didn't happen until, you know, um, until 40 days after Matan Torah. So this is already 40, after Hashem already taught the whole Torah to Meshach Rabbeinu. So in Pshat, Hashem already told the whole Torah, including the mitzvah of the Mishkan. Right, there's one shita that the whole Mishkan was a, a form of appeasement for the Eval to show that there's a mechila. So according to that, it came afterward. There's right. different shitas. But I mean, the truth is, whenever you talk about such concepts, like, you know, what would have happened if there wouldn't have been a chet etzadas, if there wouldn't be. You know, ultimately, it's all in Hashem's cheshben. It was all part of the, uh, the bigger picture. There was a devoutah that I shared with uh, the Rosh Hashiva. I sent an email. You see uh, one difference, that major difference, that if they had not done the Egel, Moshe Rabbeinu would have built the Mishkan. On the other hand, since they did the Egel, then it was delegated to Betzalel. It's different Madriga. Yes. Right. Right. 
Okay, but I wanted to focus on something else, and that is the Pasuk at the beginning of the parasha. Uh, no, I'm saying what I said till now was just an introduction. The Pasuk says, Make for me a mikdash, make for me a sanctuary, and I will dwell amongst them. Uh, the word li is a little bit curious. It could have said, mikdash, Make a sanctuary, and I will dwell within it. What's the concept of vasu li, to make it for me? So on one level, Rashi says it has to be Lashma. That when it's made, it has to be Lashem Shemayim. You have to know you're making this for Hashem. You should make it for yourself. Right. Because you want me to dwell with you. Okay. Right. You're the receiver of the benefit. Right. That's another part. That's, that's true. That's true. So Rashi says Li Lashmi. But there is a Medrash, a beautiful Medrash, that's both in the Safri and the Medrash Rabbah, that says, Kol Makim Shenemar Li, Eino Zaz Misham Laolam Laolam Whenever Hashem inserts the word li, that gives a certain everlasting nature to this particular thing. And the Medrash brings different dogmas, different mishalim. It says, Hashem calls the Jewish people, that's li, it's my nation. Whenever Hashem connects, associates something with himself, that invests in it a certain everlasting quality, a concept of nitzchius, of, of infinite, everlasting, just as Hashem himself obviously is everlasting. So that's why Hashem says li. Yeah, this is for me. This is connected with me. It's something that is la'olam. It's something that's forever. And that's what the Medrash says. Now, which would explain that even when we talk about the mitzvah of making a mishkan, which mishkan is it? When Hashem says, Asuli mikdash, really, if you mikdash. think about it, there was many steps and stages in the mishkan and mikdash, right? Because you had the first mishkan that was with the Jewish people for 40 years in the desert. When they come into Yisrael, they take that mishkan and they put it in a place called Gilgal, and it's there for the 14 years of, um, of Kibush V'chilak, of the conquest and uh, division of the land. Then they build a much more permanent Mishkan in Shiloh. Right? The Mishkan of Shiloh is going to stand for hundreds of years, 369 years. And it's a different Mishkan. Because, yeah, it's different because, because it's built, it's walls. The Mishkan of the desert was, was crushing, was wooden planks. It was something that was temporary. You took it from place to place. The Mishkan of Shiloh, you can't build a building for hundreds of years that's, that's wooden planks. So the Mishkan of Shiloh was a binyan avonim. It was made out of stone. Mm-hmm. However, the roof was still the tapestries. It wasn't, it wasn't a permanent roof. New tapestries are the same. It's not clear. So it's bad tapestries. I don't know if the tapestries had to stay the same ones forever. I'm sure they get older. I, I don't know. Um, after Shiloh, Shiloh is destroyed in the story of Eli. So then the Mishkan is uh, reimplanted in Nov and then Givon. Which Mishkan is this now? This a horrible one or another so, one? The so it doesn't, one? it doesn't say. It does, well, I shouldn't say it. I don't know everything that it says, but I don't know. Okay. I, I don't think it says it in the typical places. Um, it says that they built then a Mishkan in Nov and Givon. Uh-huh. Um, it was, didn't last for, that was for, uh, I think, 57 years. And then Shlomo Melech builds the first base of Mikdash. First base of Mikdash doesn't stand for 410 years. That's going to be destroyed right, by Nebuchadnezzar. Then there's going to be a second base of Mikdash built by Ezra Nehemiah, which is also going to be destroyed by the Romans. How long was that one? 420. 420. 420. So if you make a Cheshbon, we're talking here about close to 1,500 years. Right? This is, if you do the numbers, I, you know, if I have a board, it's the 40 of the Midbar, 14 in Gilgal, 369 in Shiloh, 57 Nov and Givon, 410, 420. You're talking 1,500 years, approximately. All of those different, and then you have the Mikdash Hashlishi, the third base of Mikdash that we're waiting for, right? Now, all of these various stages and forms are all included in this Pasuk. When it says, that means all of the above. 
it's different forms, different sizes, different shapes. But it's the same idea. It's always the same basic model. There's always going to be the Kodesh HaKadosh, and there's going to be the Kodesh, and there's going to be the, the Azar, or the outer chamber. Again, differences in size, and bigger and smaller, more chambers. The basic concept is going to be remain, remain the same. And all of them are learned from this Pasuk. There isn't like different mitzvahs for different Bati Mikdash. This is it. V'asuli Mikdash in whatever form that time necessitates. And according to the Nevi'im of that time, they knew exactly what to do. So that is that everlasting nature of this mitzvah. This mitzvah is always there and will be, is filled according to the time. And again, we're waiting for the third one, which is going to be different than the second one. And yet, same idea coming from the same mitzvah. Which is a beautiful idea, but begs the question that it's still not always, because today there's no Mesa Mikdash. Right? And it's not just today, we're talking about uh, a very long Golish, we're talking about close to, close to 2,000 years or 1,900 years that we don't have a Mesa Mikdash. So, where is the everlasting mitzvah in a time like now, in a time of Golos, when there is no physical way of doing it? Where is the everlasting nature of this mitzvah nowadays? So what I, I put together here, five different answers given to this question, very interesting answers, um, of how to resolve this issue. And uh, if we want to read the paper, it says, I wrote, The mitzvah includes the mishkan of the midbar, the desert, Gilgal, Shiloh, Nov, Givon, Bayis Rishon, Bayis Sheni, Bayis Shlishi. So the mitzvah includes all of them. But what about Zman HaGolos? What about nowadays when there is no Mishkan, not you know, the built one, or not the transient one, or not the Besamekdash? Where is the everlasting nature of this mitzvah? So, here it goes. Number one. One answer given, and this is in Mefarshim on the Medrash. I don't remember now the name of which Mefarshim, the Yifei or others. And they say that though the Mikdash was destroyed, there are parts of the Mikdash that are still there on Temple Mount. There are in Har Maria, in the mountain, in the Mechilos, that are the, the tunnels under the mountain, there are parts of the initial Mishkan and Mikdash. Um, what parts specifically are we talking about? First and foremost, the Aram. Right? The Gemara tells us the story that Yoshiyahu, who was one of the last kings of the Jewish people, saw the impending Churban, he saw that the destruction was coming, and he hid the Aram, the Holy Ark, in, uh, in, in uh, caves, or, or um, in Mechilos, or caves. That were put on, that were built into Temple Mount initially by Shlomo HaMelech. When Shlomo HaMelech built the first base of Mikdash, he already, with his Ruach HaKodesh, with his wisdom and divine inspiration, knew that there will be a time that the Aron would have to be concealed. So many, many years later, Yoshio, the king, hides the Aron there. So it's always there, it's there today. Not just the Aron. We say in Megillah Echa, we say, Tubu Ba'aretz She'oreha, that the gates, the Sha'orim, which is the open, the gates around the Mikdash, were swallowed up by the ground. That when the enemies came to destroy the Mikdash, much of the Mikdash was destroyed, burnt in different ways, and yet the gates, it says, were sunk into the ground. Similarly, the Mishkan, the walls of the Mishkan itself, were also Nignas, were hidden in Har HaMuriyah. It says that those walls Mishkan, the Moshe Rabbeinu built, the Gemara says in Saita, Moshe, what Moshe Rabbeinu actually made with his hands, no enemy could, could, uh, could destroy. So there's basically the idea is that though we don't have a physical base of Mikdash on the Temple Mount today, yet if you dig down deep enough, and of course we're not allowed to, but when Mashiach will come, we'll find it, we'll find those parts of the Mikdash that are there. Um, in fact, there's a, there's a famous question, and that is who's going to build the third base on Mikdash? One of the great famous debates 
because there are sources that say it will come down from heaven. On the other hand, Rashi Rambam writes, Rashi, Rashi says, Tesu says, the Zayar says, on the other hand, take Rambam, he writes that we're going to build the third base of Mikdash. It's a mitzvah to build the base of Mikdash. And he says, Mashiach will build it, or lead the building of it. So how do we reconcile? Is it going to be from Hashem coming down miraculously, or will it be built by man? Different answers given. One of them is, it depends which parts. The parts that are there underground, we're going to find them and, and rebuild them. The parts that aren't, Hashem will give. So it will be a shutva, so it will be a, um, a partnership. Be, all, be that as it may, all of this is the first answer that's given to this question. Where is the everlasting nature of this mitzvah? The answer is because it's everlasting. The Kedusha of the Aram, the, 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 the Sha'arim, the Mishkan, they are still there forever, and that is the Li. The Asu Li Mikdash, that Eino Zaz Mishama doesn't move from that place because it's, it's always in that place. That's one answer that's given in commentaries. A second answer, also given in the Mepharshim and the Medrash. And they say, they take a different approach. They say, it doesn't matter, let's not talk about the fact that there are artifacts that are hidden there, but the Kedusha. The Kedusha of the place is everlasting. Right? They bring a Pasuk, the Gemara says, um, the Pasuk says in Parshas Bechukosai, when it talks about destruction, it says, V'hashimosi es mikdesheichem. That's in the Pasuk in Bechukosai. Mm-hmm. Hashem says, I will destroy, I will make desolate. The Mikdash says the Gemara, Gam oimdim. Even though the place might be destroyed, it still retains its Kedusha. And that's what we have, for example, even nowadays, according to the vast majority of Poskim, we are not allowed to go on the Har Habais, right? And it is a debate, and there are some from people who hold differently. But the majority of poskim of our generation definitely hold that it's forbidden. Why? Because of the extreme holiness of the place. And we're not tahar, we don't have a paraduma. Remember a number of years ago we had here in, in Chicago a visit by the um, chief rabbi of Israel at the time, Rabbi Shlomo Amar, a Sephardic chief rabbi of Israel. Very tremendous Talmachacham. I think today is the Rav Yerushalayim. Um, and he visited us in our yeshiva and he gave a shir. And this is what Hashir was about. Hashir was to, just to, he wanted to re, reaffirm, and he said all the poskim, and he went through it, that it's us to go on Harabais. He was very strong about it. He's a Talmud Rebbe Vayu Yosef, and they're, 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 I think that um, Kirill told me that he went to Israel, and he wanted to go, he asked the Rav, the Rav said, no. But knows, most poskim you're not allowed to. But what, without going into that Shiloh, there's no question that the Makim Hamikdash retains Kedusha forever. In the Lashon of the Gemara is Kedusha Rishona, Kidsha Lashaita V'Kidsha Lashilavi. The Kedusha of the place is holy forever. So, you're so, saying it's not the Mikdash that has the Kedusha. Now you're saying it's, it was the area of the Mikdash. Right. No, there's the pl- different than the first answer, right? Right, exactly. exactly. There's physical thing. You're not exactly. saying it's the Makim that has exactly. the Exactly. The first answer was focusing not on Kedusha, but on that there's Chelke HaMikdash. There's parts of the Mikdash that are there forever. That was the first answer. The second answer is focusing on the Kedusha. It's not focusing on the fact that there are parts or artifacts or whatever. It's saying the place became holy. Yet parts and parts. The place became Kadosh. That is the second approach. Again, both of these approaches can be found, and I'm sorry I don't have the names, on Mefar That wouldn't apply to the Midbar and the Shiva and all that. That was really right. physical. Right, right. Midbar so the, as long as that was there, that was there. But then once you have, once it was uh, implanted in Eretz Yisrael, which mm-hmm. that's called the base of the Makim Abkhira, so once it was chosen there, it stayed in the place. It's interesting when we stand that the Kosal Hamaravi is actually directly facing the Makom that's Kadosh, that's right. most Kadosh. Right. Now it's interesting because someone is say that it's under one of the masks, but uh, I know I looked into it, that's not true. In fact, 
It can't be because there was a promise, I forget to whom, that the Mokum would always be Kaddish and there wouldn't be any, uh, any, any other function on it. And where, one, where those mosques are, before the Muslims took over, those were Catholic churches. Yeah. So obviously, so we stand actually, we face the place. That, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. This is two. Now, there, there, there are obviously um, uh, solid explanations. What's lacking in these explanations is that according to this, there's nothing constant for us to do about this. Right? If you think about the words, it was v'asuli mikdash, mm. you shall make for me a mikdash. According to these two pirushim, we're saying we made it a long time ago, but uh-huh. there's something that's still there. Whether it's the chelki ha-mikdash, the parts of the mikdash, whether it's the kedusha. But we'll, we're going we're gonna to bring some other answers where there actually is something that we can constantly do to fulfill this mitzvah. So, the third one, and it's a very interesting concept, and that is for us, when we learn the Torah about the building of the Beis HaMikdash. And this goes into an idea that we have in Halacha, which is, and I have the quote over here, Kol ha'oisik b'toyras oila ki ilu hikriv oila. Which means, of course, we have a mitzvah to do certain mitzvahs. But what about when we can't? Like, Karbanas. We cannot bring Karbanas nowadays. We can't. So do we just not have a shaykhist to that mitzvah? So the Gemara says, When we are Isaac, when we're involved in the Torah of that Torah, when we learn the halachas of the Indian, that is how we are able nowadays to fulfill to the best of our abilities that mitzvah as well. There's a very beautiful medrash. And the medrash talks about the Navi Yecheskel. And Hashem tells, Yecheskel is the one who writes all of the details of the Beis HaMikdash and how the, the measurements and so on and so forth. Exactly, exactly. Rav Ram is, a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is an expert, right? So it's a tremendous chus. So the matter is there. My father's at Salman, I told him, I told him I want to study engineering, he gave me the mitzvah. Later on, Kinnah saw from Tabakachma, I was a shachan in the Dahmed in the Shul B'nai Ruven, Chassidi Chabad were doing such wonderful things. I said, Oh, I must work on it real hard because I'm an engineer. I could do even better with Siyatadishmai. Tremendous chus. So the Medrash says that when Hashem tells Yechaskel that I want to teach you the Halichais Habayis, the measurements of the house, Yechaskel turns to Hashem and he says, there's no Besamiktish now. Yeah, and and we can't, we don't have permission to build a Besamiktish now. This is between the two. Why would I tell the yeah. Jewish people now the halacha is a Besamiktish? It's like telling a person you know, something they can't do. Leg the rush, right? Sashem says, very interesting matter. Sashem says, just because they're outside of Israel, Yehei Binyan Besi Botel. Should the building of my house be bottle? Should it be, um, how do you say bottle? Um, Nullifah should not be happening. So you have to teach them the halachas. What was the answer? What was the answer? They're not there. The answer is that when we are oisik b'binyan habayis, when we learn the halachas and learn the concepts and understand them to the best of our ability, that is our way of doing binyan habayis until then. Until we can actually do it physically. And this is a rule. It's interesting. The Arizal says that every person has to be mukayim all 613 mitzvahs. For the Shlemus of our Neshama, we have a Neshama, Neshama has 613 parts. Our Neshama can only be complete if we're Mekayim all the mitzvahs. Problem is, but we can't be Mekayim so many of the mitzvahs, says the Arizal. Either you could be Mekayim B'maysa, in action. What you can't do B'maysa, do it B'dibur. Do it B'machshava. And that, by your doing to the extent that you can, that's how you're fulfilling the mitzvah at that time. Um, it's interesting when it comes to a geir, for example, a, a convert. A convert, according to Allah and the Torah, 
In order to become a full convert, you have to bring a carbon. You know, right? Brismila, um, mikvah carbon. Hmm. What about all the carbon for commerce last uh, 1800 years, 1900 years? Rambam says very simple. Being that they can't do the carbon part until they have a base of mikdash, so they become full converts by doing the parts that they can, which is the Kabbalah Samitzvah and the mikvah and the brismila. So we see the concept that when Hashem takes away the ability to do one aspect of it, you do all the other aspects, and then that is the way you fulfill the Indian Bishlamus at that time. So according to this explanation, explanation number three, how is Ve'asuli Mikdash an everlasting mitzvah? For 1900 years, we haven't been doing it. The answer is we have. We've been doing it through learning Mesech uh, and we learn Hilchat Besabachira, and we learn about the Karbanas. And by us devoting so much time and effort to learning and understanding and going through these halachas and Karbanas and the Besamikdash and the Binyan and all the details, that is the way that we are Mekayim, the mitzvah, even nowadays. So this third approach actually has something for us to do. It's not just like the first and second approach that said, well, there's artifacts, there's Kedusha. Third approach says, no, no, it's, it's an everlasting mitzvah that a yid should be oisik, but being in a bias. We should be, we should be learning and knowing. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the Chafetz Chaim and his yeshiva and Radin, they learned Kodshan. That's what they learned. He, was, he said, he, his Indian, we're waiting for Mashiach, and that's what they learned. And that was the way that they did it. And the, the Briski yeshivas learned Kodshan. Right? Okay, that's number four. And that's number three, that is. What about number... Is that listed as the tar- in one of the Tariq Mitzvahs? I mean, obviously. Vasuli Mikdash, I believe it is. Yeah. The Mitzvah of Asuli is one of the Tariq Mitzvahs, yes. of course. But the fact that we could be Mikhaim with through Dibur, that doesn't say in the Mitzvah, uh-huh. the Mitzvah. Right. Number four is a different approach. And also, but a very beautiful approach. And that is based on a Pasuk in Yechaskel that says, Ve'ehi lahem Mikdash Ma'at. And the Gemara says, Megillah Elu Batek Nesiyais. <laughs> That every shul, every shul really is a mikdash ma'at, is a small base mikdash. In other words, when we make a shul and build a shul and, and support a shul and get involved in a shul, it's not only a nice little place for us to get together and daven. This is an extension of the base mikdash. It's a mikdash ma'at. And in fact, sometimes you think, eh, it's a nice word, you know, shul is like a base mikdash. The zayhar which is Rav Shirin Bar Yechai from the Tanoim, when he says the mitzvah v'asuli mikdash, he says the mitzvah included make for me holy places to serve Hashem. So the holiest place was the Beis HaMikdash, obviously in Haram But the Zayar says that includes every place mokim shel kedusha that we create. A place that's designated to serve Hashem is an extension, is a continuation of the Beis HaMikdash. And this even shows up in Halacha. It's brought down from the Maharik, which is one of the early Akhrenim. And he says that it's usur to, to destroy any part of a shul. And he says, how do we know from where? <clears throat> from the Isser that it says by the Mizbeach. He says, being that every shul is really an extension of the Kedush of the Beis HaMikdash. Because as the Zayar said, Va'asuli Mikdash and wasn't just the Beis HaMikdash. It was to make for me places to worship Hashem, places that are designated for worshiping Hashem. So the Ma'arik, and this is brought in the Shuvas, there's many Shuvas about this, because it's, it's very like, are you allowed to make a hole in the wall of a shul because you want to put in something or take out something? It's not Pashat. I saw long Shuvas, as someone said, like Teres Chesed, because just like the Mizbeach, there's a, there's a clear Easter, it's one of the Lavan in the Torah. You're not allowed to take a stone out of the Mizbeach. So to make any type of, to destroy any part of a shul without a clear understanding of why you're doing it and how you're fixing it immediately, it's also. Why? It's an extension of the Beis HaMikdash. If so, this mitzvah of the Asyul Mitzvah is something they were always doing. 
If we don't have the base of Mikdash in Yerushalayim, we're making a shul in Lincoln, we're making a shul in, 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 in every city, in every place we are, because Vyasulim Mikdash is a continuation of that mitzvah. There's also Chazal, Asidim Kol Vatechnesios, Vatemidrashos, Shebebavel, Lehikava Be'eretz Yisrael. So, the first time learned Bavel means Lavdafka, means Chutzlar, it's all our shuls, Batemidrash, Kololim, and so on. Lehikava, where? On the Harabais, because we see the dimensions of the Harabais in the past was always 500 Amas by 500 Amas. According to Novi Yecheskel, it will be 3,000 amos by 3,000 amos, 36 times as much. Why? So the Mepharshim say all the that all the shuls will go to the Harabais, and when the Mashiach comes, we'll visit our shul first, learn their daven there, in order to elevate our Kedusha, and then we go into the Beis HaMikdash. I think the Marsha says that the more hush of the shul, the closer the Beis HaMikdash will be. I think that's such a word. Yeah, MS. That is number four. So, to review, what are our four approaches? Where is the nitzchis? Where is the everlasting nature of this mitzvah? Number one was the artifacts that are hidden there forever. Number two was the kedusha, that the kedusha is hamakim, is a kedusha forever. Number three was learning, learning the, the Beis HaMikdash and the halachas of the being and how to build and so on, preparing ourselves. All of that is the way we're mekayim that mitzvah nowadays. And number four is through building shuls. And it's again, it's the Gemara that the Eila Mikdash Maat, and especially it's the Zayar. The Zayar that says the Mamish, when it says the Asuli Mikdash, it means the Asuli Makim Mukdash, any place of holiness that is a fulfillment of this key of this mitzvah. So, number five, we'll take this one step further, and this is already a little more drastic, but that is based on a famous idea of, of it's written in many Sfarim. I, I quoted here three famous Sfarim on this. One is the Al Sheikh, Ramesh Al Sheikh, was there of. It was the Darshan and Tzfas in the time of the Arizal and the Beish Yosef and the Rishas Chochma, Rabbi Leo Dividash, Talmud of the Arizal, the Shalah, all of them are Medayik in the Pasuk. It says, V'asulim mitash v'shachanti b'soycham instead of b'socho. Grammatically, it should have said, make for me a sanctuary and I will rest within it. And it says, within them. What does that mean? And they all say the drasha that's b'soych kol echad v'echad. That ultimately it's the job of each and every one of us to make our own home and our own surrounding a mikdash for Hashem. Because mikdash is not contained, just like we saw in the previous answer. That every shul is an extension of the Beis HaMikdash. Really every Yiddish a home is an extension of a shul which is an extension of the Beis HaMikdash. And to make that our homes are places of Kedusha. What does it mean practically speaking that our homes are places of Kedusha? So you think about the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash was the place of, of ultimate Kedusha. But if you break it down, it was the place of Torah, it was the place of Avodah, the place of Gemilas Chassad. Where do we see that Beis HaMikdash is the place of Torah? So, first and foremost, you have the Aram. The center point of the Beis HaMikdash is the Aram, which was the Luchis and the, and the Sefer Torah. In addition to that, the whole Beis HaMikdash is on the Har HaMiria. What is, where, where does the name Miria come from? There's more than one answer. But one of the answers is, Misham Yitzah because the best Nagad was there. Yeah. The Bezna God was in Lishka Sagazis, so it's called Har Hamiri, the place of Hira. So the Beis Hamikdash was the center of Torah. It was also the center of Tfila. What does the Pasuk say? Ishayo, Kibesi based Tfila Yikarela Chalamim, it's the place of Davani. Yaakov Avinu says, Vizeshar Hashemayim, it's the place of Tfila. And finally, it's the place of Tzedakah. First of all, because the, um, it says that the Hashpah for the whole world, the Brach of the whole world came from the Shulchan. 
That's where the, those, those breads, the, the uh, lechem upon him, this was the marker for bread that everyone was fed from that bread. Was the actual bread was eaten But the bracha for sustenance for the world came from the shulchan. Also in the Beis HaMikdash, there was a lishkas chashoin, there's a place to give tzedakah, there's a private place to give tzedakah. So it was a makim teirah avodig melech chasodim. And it's our avodah to make our homes that way. That every place, every Yiddish home should be a home of Kedusha, a place of teirah, a place of avodah Hashem, a place of melech chasodim. And it's not only that, it's brought down that we should be koveya, just like a shul has to be built, and Beis Mikdash is built, one should be koveya in their own home, a place where they learn Torah, have their own shender where they learn Torah. Um, the concept of a place where one davens, right? usually we daven in a shul, but I'm all you davening, I'm all late at night, I'm all in the morning, your family members are davening, there should be a place, a place where a person davens in their house, a place where a person learns Torah in their house, and there's also a place, there's a place for tzedakah. It's interesting that the, the Bible should have that whole thing, that there should be a tzedakah box that should be affixed in the house. It's fixed in a wall. It should be kavua in the house. It should be a, the house should become a makim of kedusha, a place where Torah is fixed and 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 tefillah is fixed. And that's that's what all these befash, all these um, tzaddikim wrote. The Al Sheikh Rishus Chachma the Shalah that the mitzvah asli mikdash cannot be contained only to the base of mikdash and the haramiriyah. They took it a step further. The, the Zayhar that we said earlier, the answer number four said every shul is an extension of the base of mikdash, and they said every home has to be an extension of the base of mikdash. And to be kaveya is a place of kedusha, a place of v'shachanti v'seichem, where Hashem rests amongst us. And that's another way how we're constantly being mekayim this mitzvah by bringing kedusha into our own homes as well. So basically, we have here five different approaches. Some are more halachic, some are more drash, but all of them are, are seeing to it that this mitzvah v'asuli mikdash is actually the central mitzvah, of, and it's a, a nitzchistic, an everlasting mitzvah that's always able to be connected to at any of these levels. How did they get? How did they get? the fact that it, it, it's the home I know you, you you mentioned that the world word is plural instead of singular right. so yeah that's where it comes from v'sachanti b'socho lo nemar ele b'socham b'soch kal echad v'echad that the mitzvah is to bring that kedusha into everyone's own home not only into the one in the Beis HaMikdash but that becomes the uh, the center from which that kedusha goes out into every shul into everyone's home that everything becomes a makam dira a makam mishkan a place where Hashem is shochim within us no, Shem should help that we should get quickly to the base of Hashlishi and be Mikhaim it in the simplest way. Yeah.